This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. One of the things that people remember about coming to the Southern 500 early, you know, in the early 70s was pimento cheese. I, guess, <laughs> I was going to say that's the uh, one thing. That yeah, I, I it, love pimento cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so we're doing pimento cheese sandwiches on white bread for three bucks. So throwback. Well, I was going to ask you, too, are your prices throwback? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be important to people. It is. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals. Salon care products that you can experience with your senses. Get high performance you can see, touch, and sense. All right, thank you for joining me for this week's Fast Lane family. I have got a really great guest today, uh, Chip Weil, who is the president of Darlington. And the really unique thing about you is you're 35 years old and you're a track president for ISC. I think that is just so cool. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure for you to be here. We haven't officially got to meet in person, so. Uh, this will just be as entertaining for me as it is for our guests. <laughs> well, I, I promise you it'll be, if nothing else, really entertaining. <laughs> Amanda has promised me that. So, yeah, so don't let me down, please. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. pressure. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't let Amanda down. <laughs> All right, so we are going to uh, talk about a lot of things, but let's start with your career and how you got involved in, in NASCAR because I, I'm pretty sure in college that wasn't your goal. No, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and, and – uh, Growing up, I, I wasn't exposed to motorsports, certainly exposed to sports in general. Even in Atlanta, Georgia, you uh, weren't exposed to so, motorsports? So my first race, <laughs> uh, actually, my uncle's company, Remington Arms, sponsored Biggie. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, and my first race was, uh, I think, one of their last sponsoring uh, in the sport. And, uh-huh. and, and uh, we went to Atlanta Motor Speedway when I was 16. It was the second to last or the last race of the year. It was freezing cold. I remember we stood in traffic for a really long time and had a had a good time, but by then I'm like, man, this, there's, there's something about this I love. But that was the first time I was really exposed to NASCAR. Um, I was a stick and ball guy. I played collegiate tennis, and going into NASCAR, it, it was was not on my radar. But went uh, to the University of Georgia. Uh, loved sports. I knew I wanted to do something in sports and tried to tried to find the right niche. And I had an opportunity to work for Roger Bear and Keystone Marketing as an intern before my senior year of college. And that's all they did was NASCAR sports marketing. And I was just kind of a minion. You know, I ran around <laughs> and did whatever they needed me to do. And uh, before I left to go back for my senior year, he said, hey, when you get out, you're going to you have a job with me. And I said, well, wow. oh yeah, which is great because my senior year was a lot of fun. <laughs> didn't, didn't have to worry about grades or uh, I, I just knew I needed to pass in order to. You had do. something to fall back on. <laughs> that's right. So I, that's how I got involved in, in the sport. And, and um, man, it's been a heck of a ride. The internships that you mentioned, uh, we do those here at Junior Motorsports, and we usually only have space for like one intern, and they kind of, you know, help marketing. And a lot of our interns have turned into jobs as well. We don't offer them a job before their senior year, but we usually call on them during that time and like, you know what, we've got this going on and this might could work for you. So it, it's a tryout, right? Yeah, and yeah. and I think we, we obviously, I, I feel like it's my obligation to make sure I give back and get the next uh, group of young talent in the sport and exposed to the sport. Yeah. And I always tell them this is a tryout. If you're good or you work hard, uh, there could be an opportunity. There's no guarantees, exactly. but certainly something that uh, I feel like, you know, you're, if you like it and we like you, there's an opportunity. Yeah, awesome. And so you went from there and you had a stint over a, a few teams uh, over a period of years as in PR. Yep, started um, with Bill Davis Racing and Bill and Gail Davis to this day are, are some of my closest friends. And I had the opportunity really there to start doing PR and then rolled into team management and what th- drivers at Bill Davis oh did you gosh. work with so, then? Uh, uh, really all <laughs> yeah, of how them. long ago is this <laughs> yeah so I worked with Ward certainly yeah. and and then I managed our truck team so we had Johnny Benson and Mike Skinner and Bill Lester and 
a number of others, but had the opportunity to win a truck series championship with Johnny Benson and really helped helped Toyota a lot early uh, in, in their tenure in NASCAR, which was, which was a huge learning experience for me. You know, they were getting their feet wet in the truck series and, and, um, and still to this day have great relationships with some of those folks who are still in the sport. And Scott Wimmer was another one that uh, became a good friend that, that we, uh, we still to this day are, are friends. And Bill and Gail Davis are just special people. And you growing yeah. up in the sport, you know, it. there are certain people that you miss, uh, yeah. that you miss or not around. And those are two people that, uh, that I really miss a lot. I'm sure they're, they found something fun to do because they, they were just always fun people, I think. Yeah, they actually own a cattle farm yeah. out in Arkansas, and Bill's having the time of his life. He gets up every morning and goes out and milks cows and herds cows. Yeah. And <laughs> I had the opportunity to go out there. Have you ever been to a big cattle farm? Not really. So yeah. so it's crazy. Like, I, I remember the first time I went out there. I mean, I'm a city boy. I don't know anything about being in the country, but we had a great time. Uh, he put me on a horse. And he said, you need to move these cattle from here to the other to the other uh, pen. And I, I said, well, how do you do that? He said, uh, all right, I'll call, a, I'll call a cowboy. So the cowboy at lunch, at lunch, went to Bill and said, there, there's no need for him to come back after lunch. He's not any help. <laughs> so he put me on something else. It was a little, it was a little more tolerable, I guess, for the cowboys. There. But we had a great time. So you had the opportunity to try out, and that just didn't work for you. <laughs> uh, he didn't offer me a job. <laughs> he didn't offer me a job. Too funny. And so while you were at Turner, which is one of the teams that you mm-hmm. PR'd for, and I'm so glad that Amanda gave me the clip to watch because this it was quite funny. You had the opportunity to go on to say yes to the dress. <laughs> he's, yeah, Amanda. he's given Amanda the evil eye. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I have one specific question about this because it was for Chris Turner, who was Mr. Turner's daughter, and she was marrying James Busher, who raced there at the time. And they're introducing the family, right. you know. Right. And, and then she says, and this is Chip. And, like, Chip didn't have any title, friend, family, anything. But I did notice that every time she came out with a dress, you were the one, like, called to deliver the news. Uh, yeah. Like, yes, we like that. No, we don't yeah. like that. So so the backstory goes that Mr. Turner called me and said, hey, Chris is going to Atlanta. Knew us from there and said, why don't you make it a weekend, right? So you take them, get them in a nice hotel, make sure that they they go to a nice dinner. I said, no problem. I, I, so you're like the tour guide. I, yeah, and yeah. I manage yeah. the family. That was yeah. one of my jobs there. Yeah. So it worked out fine. So we get to Atlanta. We have a great time. Um, and we get to the bridal shop. I'm just being myself, just being a little goofy. And the the producer said, well, you're going to be on the show, right? I said, absolutely not. That was not part of the deal. I'm just going to, I'm here to get the family. I'm about to go get something to eat. They said, no, you need to be on the show. And Chris said, I'm going to call my dad if you don't put a microphone on. And I said, well, I really need this job. I just had twin boys. So, <laughs> You're like, so okay, I put it yes, on. ma'am. Yeah. And, and the challenge with the with the Turners was, like, the, the family, they're really dynamic, but uh, yeah, they got a little nervous on TV. Yeah. So so so, t- so how does that work with, with them coming out in the different dresses? And is it sort of preempted a little or how? No. No. no I mean. So th- when they walk out in a dress, their family's reaction is the reaction. Uh, yeah. And, okay. and, and so when you get there, you go, like you know, to different sections of the shop and try to find dresses you think they'd like. Yeah. And of course I'm like picking out the tackiest ones. I'm like, I'll try this one on. Um, but we knew right away when she tried on that dress that that was the one she was going to wear. But the first one was hilarious. I mean, she walked out and every, all, I think there were six or seven of you. Every single person's face was solemn. No smile, no nothing, nothing. Like yeah. in silence. Like, like time to go back yeah, in and try like, another one. Um, that's not going <laughs> to work. That's not going to work. And, and you know what? Funny, when that show aired, uh, we were in Phoenix uh, at the cup race in the fall. And I had all my girlfriends from from college. I mean, my phone just blows up. And they're like, 
why are you on the show? <laughs> what are you doing? So uh, it, it was a neat experience. Uh, you know, uh, my mom's a, a wedding planner in Atlanta and oh. knows those people. Uh, and and um, so they always, whenever uh, th- whenever my mom goes, they always ask yeah. how we're doing. That's fun. Yeah, it was definitely just funny because, like I said, that you weren't introduced <laughs> as any particular role or person. Because I wasn't so, to be on the Yeah, show. <laughs> but you're just like... Nope, we don't like that one. Nope, <laughs> try another one. <laughs> well, and it's funny, you know, they got to create drama. That's yeah, like so. Yeah, yeah. So I was the villain, I guess. Yeah. Where I was, I, it was so hard to please me. <laughs> I didn't care. I just wanted her to pick a dress and we could go home. <laughs> it was quite funny. Yep. So that was really sweet. So check that out if you can find the link to that on uh, TLC's website because that was quite funny. So after Turner Motorsports and say yes to the dress, which I'm sure gave you lots of experience, you were hired on as a business development for MRN Motor Racing Network. And one of the cool things I think about this, and I, I talk about this on my other shows, and I get asked a lot too, being in the sport, is how do you get involved in the sport? What do you do? And you had a great friendship with the president of MRN, David Hyatt, which mm-hmm. kind of led you to that role. Right. Um, with not a lot of experience in what you were going to do. Yeah, I think, it, <laughs> you know, when, when David approached me, that wasn't something I was really interested in doing. My wife and I had just had our twin boys, and I, my, my, uh, my number one priority in life is being a dad. And, and as you know, being in this sport, it's really hard to, to try to balance that uh, when you travel and, and you're gone as much as we are. So I knew I needed to make a change, uh, whether it be in the sport and, and trying to figure out where I wouldn't have to travel as much, which is difficult, or get out. And I, I talked to David, who is one of my closest friends and a guy that I just can't say enough great things about. And he said, listen, there might be an opportunity here. And I said, well, David, I don't know anything about radio. He said, you'll learn about radio. What you have is the relationships in the garage, and that's what we need. We need to be able to get our name back out there in the garage and make sure people are utilizing MRN uh, as an avenue for, for their partners and, and, and use our reach. And so I said, okay. And uh, we went through the process, and, and uh, man, what an experience. I tell you, the radio business is unique. <laughs> and then especially at MRN, it's a really unique business. But, you know, people don't realize the reach of MRN radio. It, it, they really don't. You know, you're talking about uh, 10 to 15 million people that tune in at some point during uh, the Sunday broadcast uh, to listen to those folks call the race. And to yeah. have names like Barney Hall and, and Jack Arood and, and folks like that that have, have paved the way for these new guys. You know, that's funny. I, I remember when I was watching it on TV during, during my tenure there, I'd, I'd turn the TV on and then turn MRN radio on. Cause that, that's how you hear yeah. the action, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I had an opportunity there for nine months and, and learned so much and got to, got to work with a great team like Amanda and the rest of the folks that are there. It, it, the, the great thing about MRN and, and just like junior motorsports, it's a family Yeah. and, and you want to come to work every day and be with your family. And, and so it made it fun. Yeah. I don't know much about the radio business either, except, you know, when I go on occasion to the studios at MRN to, to do serious or something with them um, co-host or something like that. But as a kid, the radio was about all we had. I mean, we had races on TV, but you were just groomed to listen to it on the radio because right. that's what existed. You know, I went, there was a period of time because Charlotte didn't have a station that I'm like, just completely forgot that it existed. Right. Um, and then, you know, now we've got a, a, an affiliate in Charlotte over the last, I think it's been about a year or so. Yeah. And, so. um, we we have it back on outside and things like that because we don't watch the race flag to flag. You, know, you, we, you check in. You we ch- do, and I mean we keep it. But you know, we we three. I'm running around three kids. It's not because I don't want. <laughs> I, I want to watch the race flag to flag. My life just doesn't allow for us to watch it flag to flag from with the all three of our children in many different directions. So. <laughs> 
I'm sure that can be the same for you too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So how did you catch the attention of ISC for them to name you track president? I, I don't know. I guess they just gave me the keys and I haven't <laughs> given them back. But, uh, you know, I, I obviously had the opportunity to, to spend some time with our senior man, management in Daytona and my role at MRN. And I just remember the day that they, they uh, so our, our director of HR and at corporate called me to her office while I was in Daytona for some meetings. And I called my wife and said, well, this has been a fun ride, uh, but we probably need to be looking for a new job, or I do. Because, uh, you know, when somebody calls you like that, you think, oh, yeah, so, what's so, happening? So, yeah, <laughs> so we go up, and, you know, she, sure, her and I talked for a while, and she said, I think there's an opportunity for you potentially to go be the president of a racetrack. And I said, well, I, I don't know anything about running a racetrack. She said, you'll figure it out, uh, but we just feel like your energy and, and the, the folks you know, you could really make a difference. And um, it didn't take me any time to, to accept uh, and and then when they told me where it was and and what Darlington meant to me personally and what it means to our to our industry, I mean this is the Wrigley Field of NASCAR and for yeah. me to be able to 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 say that I have some sort of little part in it is is an honor. It's really really special. I mean you you're really young to be a track president. That's it's just it's awesome and it shows just the work that you put into and the relationships and I think how. Obviously, just in this little time that we're sitting here, your personality, I mean, it, it's magnetic and, and I can see how that was very drawing to them, which, you know, people ask all the time, how do I do this? What do you do? And you're a perfect example of that. Well, and if you're passionate about something yeah. and, and it's not work, it, it's really easy. Yeah. And I wake up every morning and make sure I pinch myself. That this isn't a dream. This is just, and I know that's very cliche, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, to be in the sport that I love around the people that I love doing something that I enjoy, it's a blessing. You know, people ask all the time, what do you love most about the sport? The thing I love most about the sport is the sport, is the people in the sport or the folks like you and, and the way you treat the employees here and y'all are all a family you know at the racetrack we're all a family and and it's really cool i think every time something bad happens in our sport to watch the industry rally around whoever whatever it is and, and pick them up and build them up it's just it's awesome and i think that's the most attractive thing to me about our sport is that we are a really tight-knit group and and that everybody rallies around one another did you have any hesitation going into it? No. <laughs> I mean, my, I mean my, no, my hesitation, I think, was that I had no clue what I was doing, right? <laughs> um, I remember I, I, I called Catherine, my wife, and said, so I have this opportunity. We need to probably go to Darlington and look around, you know. And so we, I came back from well, Daytona. That took all about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, not, not even. Um, it's funny. So, so side story. So I, in college, my freshman year, I went to Florence with my – girlfriend at the time or whatever because uh one of her sorority sisters was miss west florence and she had to go back the year our freshman year to crown somebody and i remember going there and said i'll never live in florence <laughs> sure enough <laughs> live right, right in florence <laughs> and in fact we're friends with her parents and um so it's funny it's crazy how life the circle of life back. that's right <laughs> yeah. that's right so we went down and looked um, and, and both agreed this is a great opportunity for our family, you know, for not only Catherine and I, but for our children to grow up in a, in a great community in a really small town um, that that we both that's very attractive to us. You know, we both my wife and I grew up in Atlanta, huge city, yeah. lots to do, but really no sense of community. And um, when we moved to Florence, we immediately felt that sense of community and, and our children are thriving there, which is the most important thing to me. That sounds awesome. So so what was the process like the first day you show up at work? How did you get acclimated to what you're yeah, supposed to be doing? I, I, I don't know. I, I You know, and well, the first day I was real nervous and, and um, 
you know, try, I obviously knew some of the, the folks there, yeah. but, but some of them I didn't. So it's really just a matter of, hey, I'm Chip, what do you like to do? And I remember the first three or four weeks I met with every employee there individually to not, not understand their job function, but really just get to know them. To know do their they have kids? Yeah. Do they, you know, what do they like to do? Those kind of things. And I think that was really important for us to start off on the right foot. So yeah. we did that. How many employees and, do you have there? Uh, we have 15 full-time. Okay. 15 full-time employees and and i'll tell you the greatest part about my job is seeing those folks succeed yeah i mean bridget holloman who is my assistant and that's not even in the right term for her because she runs the place she's been at the racetrack longer than i've been alive well that's what i was wondering at you know being young and and i imagine that you had there was a lot of seniority there just a guess but yeah you know there do you is. find that challenging you know so, from, sometimes how did they treat you you know yeah, coming some, in <laughs> i think i think they're the you know the new young guy but i think you know, they immediately all bought in on what we are trying to accomplish, right? So the sense of community. Darlington Raceway is Darlington County. And when I got there, we didn't have anything on the books as far as community events at the racetrack. So we obviously have the biggest event in the county uh, when the Bojangles Southern 500 comes to town. But outside of four days, we didn't do anything to, to lift up our community. So I said, well, that's, a, that's something we need to work on. And over the course of the last 24 months, right, I'll, I'll be there uh, two years and next week, um, we've had 50 events at the racetrack. And 99% of them are free events that are open to, to our community. So we do these fun free movie nights. So we have this big 20-foot by 40-foot blow-up screen. And we'll do we'll show cars and 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 people come into our yeah. hospitality village and we'll give them free popcorn. I mean, you know, we we are the leader in the community yeah. and we need to provide people an outlet to come out and enjoy stuff as a family. And it's been really rewarding for us because people can see the change in the racetrack, can see the change in the people at the racetrack um, and they appreciate it. That's really cool because I imagine that sparks your locals to even want to support the race when it's in town, which I think. Uh, as a sport, we we have a challenge. That's a challenge for us. Usually it's, you know, people coming in and enjoying an experience. But unlike, you know, our stick and ball sports where the locals, you know, kind of support the team, we don't really have that. Do you, do you see that that happens? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the really the locals, when the when the, the race comes to town, they kind of hide, <laughs> you know, because they know what it is. You got 100,000 yeah, people at the racetrack and, and traffic. <laughs> and, um, but But I think – we've been able to change the culture a little bit there. So when I got there, when the, you know, whenever I'd met with anybody in the community, they're like, oh, they're going to take our race. NASCAR's going to take our race. I haven't heard that in a year and a half. And I think getting Labor Day back was a huge win for our community, obviously being on Labor Day weekend for 50 plus years yeah. and then moving away for, for reasons that don't really matter. Uh, we got it back. And I think that was, a, that was one of the most rewarding days of my, my tenure there was being able to tell the local community that we got Labor Day weekend back. And so what was the process of, of winning that weekend back? Was that something that you had to lobby for or, or bring were, to there, somebody's <laughs> attention? <laughs> there were a lot of conversations being had. Um, and I, I really, it, it started at the top with John Saunders and, and our senior management at ISC working with NASCAR. But, you know, they asked me what I thought, and I said it would be a home run, and it has been. Uh, certainly with the retro program that we've put together that includes everybody in the industry, I think that was – a that was a small piece, but I think people in our sport recognize how we got here and they understand that the Bojangle Southern 500 is, is part of that tradition. They're willing to, to recognize that it was probably time to bring it back to Labor Day weekend. And I applaud them for doing that. So talk about this throwback theme that is going to happen for Labor Day 
tell my listeners, you know, what that is and how it culminated and, and what they're going to experience. Yeah, um, this was, uh, this has been two years in the making. So when I first uh, got the nod, I met with our CMO down in Daytona and we started talking about concepts and we wanted to figure out a way to elevate our weekend. So it's not just another number on the schedule for the drivers and the teams. Um, but it's really a place that people look forward to coming. And so in doing that, we had to really look back and figure out what makes Darlington different. Well, the history of it makes it different. You know, people racing there in the early 50s and bringing their car off a trailer and, you know, racing that car. And um, and, and so we said, okay. Well, and the other thing we recognize is that NASCAR hasn't done a good job collectively celebrating the history in one place. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain places where, um, like Martinsville, they'll do some Hall of Fame stuff. Or, or at, I remember last year they did a throwback paint scheme at Pocono. But yeah, there's it's not fragmented. Been, right, yeah, very yeah, fragmented. Yeah. And, and there's so much rich, there's so much history in the sport. And that's how we all got here. So we needed a place to celebrate it. Then, you know, if you look at the NFL or any other major sporting league, they have a weekend where they do that. So we said, okay, well, we'll try. So um, basically myself and Daryl Wolf and uh, two or three others started, you know, hitting the streets. And we met with every race team. We met with NASCAR. We met with Fanatics. We met with every stakeholder to, to see if it was a good idea. Hey, you know, what do you think about doing this? And everybody agreed, hey, it's a good idea. And then they said, go do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so we started uh, last February working on a plan, and we announced it uh, at our race weekend last year that we were going to do it. And then we put together a really, really neat plan that included every stakeholder. So obviously we were our goal first year for, for race teams was eight. And it looks like, um, in my last count, we're going to be almost to 30 cup cars that will have a retro scheme. That's just so, incredible. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. And then all How are you going to tell the story through the weekend of those? So, well, when they're being released, we're... You're doing that as they're being yes, released, ma'am. right? So we're trying right. to do it as, as they release. But there's some incredible stories. You think of Bobby Allison, who's going to be at the race. The two-car, uh, you know, the, the, the old Miller... Um, Miller scheme. They announced that in February. And then uh, the three car is going to look like Richard Childers, uh, the car that he ran in yep. the late 70s. And four car is, it looks like the first gold or the first can that, God, that Budweiser made. It's a gold can. I mean, just so many unique stories. And I think that's great that that we're letting the industry help tell the story as well. So it's not just coming from the racetrack yeah. who's trying to promote selling tickets and getting people to come. It's the industry really showing their buy-in with the program. And I think that's why it's winning because it's not just me and Daryl and, and our team telling the story. It's everybody. Everyone's buying into right, it. Right, which yep. is awesome. Yep. And so go ahead. You're, you've got the cars on the track, and yep. then, then what and else? And then we is got Hall of Famers coming. So we've been working with the Hall of Fame. We're going to have 14 NASCAR Hall of Famers on property doing things in some capacity during our weekend. So what we did was we put together on Sunday, if you were one of the first 600 people to buy tickets that we went on sale, we gave you the opportunity to come to this Legends Breakfast. And you know this because of, of your background, but think about how many times you've been sitting in a room with Richard Petty or Dale Inman or Kyle Petty or, and, and they're telling stories about, you know, whatever. And it's the most entertaining content you've ever listened to. Yeah. And there's not many people that get that opportunity. So we, we felt like, Hey, what a great way for us to give back to the fans and really have some sort of fireside chat where all these hall of famers don't just talk about Darlington, but talk about, you know, how just they, how, how you're right. So, so we're doing that on Sunday. So we did, we're going to have 1800 folks come to our big hospitality tent. Bo Jangles is going to feed them breakfast and we're going to have Winston Kelly just moderate a fireside chat for an hour where nice. Folks like Dale Inman and Richard Petty and Bobby Allison and Cale Yarbrough and others are going to sit there and just literally talk back and forth. And I think 
there is nothing more special than something like that. Yeah, that's really cool. And then they're going to be doing other appearances. They're going. We're going to do an autograph signing at the Fanatics tent. Um, they're going to be a part of pre-race on Saturday and Sunday. They're going to be part of the drivers' meeting. We're doing. We're bringing back the Southern 500 parade, which was a staple mm-hmm. uh, of our weekend. Worked with the city of Darlington, and we're bringing that back. Um, so Saturday after the Xfinity race, they'll start in downtown Darlington and come into the racetrack. Oh wow! So yeah, you know we we wanted to build year one a a, a really nice foundation that we can build on year after year because this isn't a one year deal. This is a five to seven year platform that that we can build off of and make special and and really make it a destination where people when they decide in February, hey, what races do I want to go to this year? They circle Darlington on the list, not just because it's fantastic racing. But because of all the other cool, right, the other experience. So the one thing that raised my eyebrows was the food menu. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be some cool stuff. Yeah. So funny story. So um, the Brazingtons, who owned the track Uh before before ISC bought it, they kept really good notes, really copious notes. And and uh, we had one of the guys come in. He has a binder, and I'm talking. It's like a three inch binder filled with with just stuff. And one of the things was the menus that they had in the early 70s. So we started talking to people, and I guess one of the things that people remember about coming to the Southern 500 early, you know, in the early 70s was pimento cheese. I, guess, <laughs> I was going to say that's uh, the one thing. That yeah, I, I yeah. love pimento cheese sandwiches. <laughs> well, I guess all the all the media, that's the reason they came to the racetrack. So we're doing pimento cheese sandwiches on white bread for 3 bucks. So throwback. Well, I was going to ask you, too, are your prices throwback? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be important to people. It is. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing so, – so you can get a pimento cheese sandwich for $3, and then um, – we're doing fried green tomatoes, which are very southern, South yes. Carolina dish, yes. uh, for four dollars. And then, one of the recipes that I took out of the book and sent to Americrown, our food or caterer, I said, "Hey guys, what can you do with this?" And they looked at it, and it was a fish stew. It was just that one is going to be interesting. <laughs> okay, but, but <laughs> they, so I sent them an email with a recipe and said, "Hey, what can you what?" You know, what can you do with this? And they wrote back, nothing. I cannot do any. This is disgusting. <laughs> can't duplicate you this. can't duplicate so. this. So during the Daytona 500 this year, during qualifying day, they had some time and they started messing with it. So they, they morphed it into a sausage perlo, which is a very southern dish. And I tried and we announced it in, uh, in um, Talladega this year. And the food is fantastic. Um, we did throwback ticket prices as well. So if you renewed oh. your tickets, uh, we uh, offered you an $18 backstretch ticket which was the original the original price of the backstretch or which was then the front stretch grandstands for 18 bucks wow yep and we're doing all of our ticket stock will look like it did in 1974 i mean we, we, we really try- collectors items yeah there. we're wow. trying to be very authentic yeah you know because we have this history and and we can we can really reference it when we're doing these things to make sure that it's not it's not a tchotchke idea. It's yeah. it's truly authentic. No, it's to, very to integrated. It yeah, Sounds it's really fun. Like you've thought of everything. I'm sure you'll go through the weekend and the, and some light bulbs will go off. But this is a good idea for next year. Well, you know what Sounds else? Sounds like you've got it covered. Well, you know what's really <laughs> cool is getting folks like you and and the rest of the industry. They come up with some of these ideas. I mean, yeah. They'll call me like, hey, have you thought about this? And I think that's what's made it even neater is that it's not just a Darlington initiative. Everybody is bought in, and they'll they'll call you and say, hey, this is a great idea. What can you do with this? And I, and that's what we want. We want folks to feel like they're part of it and they're, they're, they have some sort of ownership in it so that they want to be there. That sounds awesome. Has this transcended your sales for the weekend? You expect a great crowd? And Yeah, I mean, the great thing for us is um, we have a great crowd generally every year, but we have seen um, a, a nice lift, and, and I think some of it obviously has to do with the return to Labor Day and people recognizing yeah. that, that that's a, a really neat thing. And then uh, I do believe that with all the chatter um, throughout the industry on this program that it has, it has helped us. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that, that's exciting. 
Very cool. So what's prep time looking like you about a week before the race? <laughs> is your yeah. wife and kids going to see you? No, no, they haven't <laughs> seen me in, a, in about a month, but I don't think Catherine really ups is upset about that. Uh, <laughs> no, um, you know, we're, we're hustling. And, uh, we, you know, what's your staff look like around the race? You said you had 15 full-time employees. What comes it, in for, yeah, I mean, that's about, you know, obviously we get resource from Daytona and, and some of the, the other ISC facilities, but I mean, 15 this of is us, it. this is it. Uh, you know, we're, we're making sure we're, we're buttoning up the place. I think when people come, they'll notice some, some differences and some upgrades. We, we did a big uh, mural on the tunnel on, on the insides of the tunnel, like they did at Daytona that really are a, a tell the story of how Darlington got to where it is from the 50s through when kale flipped over the wall in 64 to um you know the the 70s uh biggies in there with his you know he whenever he came to town he always wore that big that darlington straw hat yeah yeah so, yeah. so there's a picture of him with that in <laughs> fact that's one of our biggest sellers in the gift shop too is the straw hat yeah the straw hat <laughs> um and then uh we also uh in our turn one tunnel everybody who's ever won a race at darlington raceway is recognized in there and that's going to be a, a a fan amenity on race weekend they can go through oh, and nice. call it of our tunnel of champions so everybody from the first southern 500 in 1950 until last year when kevin harvick won and they're recognized in there and i think that's a really unique thing for for us to to show because there's not many people or or, or facilities that have that kind of that kind of legacy wow that sounds awesome i think if you're not going to be at darlington if you're listening you might want to think about being there. You're going to have Tanya Tucker singing the national anthem. Yeah, yeah so she's, she's she's throwback. Yeah, she's super throwback. <laughs> and and we talked to her business manager, and she's driving from Canada all night to come do this for wow. us. Wow. She was really, really into being a part of the weekend, and we showed her uh, the same the presentation. Yeah. We showed, yeah, and she was like, I'm in. And the only thing they asked for was a hair and makeup person. <laughs> Easy enough. Yeah, we're like, do you so have So that's all that's on her rider? It's, it's I mean, every her time we're, uh, you know, working with a music artist or anything, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll send you our rider. And you get one, it's like three or four pages, all this stuff you have to have. And you're like, really? Do you really go through all this stuff in one I sitting? Know. That's what I said. <laughs> so we asked. We said, hey, you don't want to send us your rider? He goes, ah, oh, we don't have a rider. Just uh, we need somebody to do her hair and makeup. Nice. So, no problem. <laughs> easy enough. Yeah, yeah. Bring Catherine in that's, and you're all set. That's right. That's right. It'll be easy. So. Oh. Oh, gosh. Well, that sounds <laughs> that sounds easy enough. That should be really cool. Well, I do hope that all of that goes off without a hitch because uh, I know you guys have worked really hard and planned, and it sounds like you're going to have it covered. We're really excited. And, 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 again, this is just the first year of this new platform, and we feel like if we get a year under our belt, we can really fine-tune it and make it even more special um, uh, for the years to come. I had, a, I had wrote down earlier when you were talking um, and thought it would be interesting to, to learn, as a member of International Speedway Corporation and the different tracks that they own, how do you guys work together? And even during the year, you know, do you guys have, you know, retreats where or any kind of business meetings where you're all together and then the staff through – Florida, how do you guys interact? Yeah, I mean, I, I talk to those folks just about every day. You know, they're a great resource for us uh, at the racetrack. We have usually have two two times a year where all the track presidents get together and talk about business issues and, and strategic planning and things like that that, that really uh, – you know, create the, the roadmap for what, what our business looks like for the next five and 10 years. And then we meet for a day when we're out in Las Vegas. Uh, it's funny. They don't, they don't, they don't give us a lot of time out there, but uh, we do spend some time together. And, and that's the other thing that you're talking about me being a young guy. 
there's so many great folks that, that are in my seat at different racetracks. I've been there a long time. You think about Clay Campbell or Grant Lynch or even Joey Chitwood. You know, I lean on those folks a lot, and I'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Those folks have so much knowledge and experience in what they do, and 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 they they have been very 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 uh, helpful for me to make make sure that I don't make the same mistakes that they've made. Yep. Now that's not to say I made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but but you know the, to have that as a resource. It is truly incredible. for me. Yeah, that's the same thing in my business. When I first started, when I came to work for Dale and we were starting to make the separation from Dale and Hart Incorporated, my go-to was Jeff Gordon's stepfather, John Bickford. Mm-hmm. I called him up and was like, okay, what attorney do you use? What do you do for this? How do you do this? You know, what does Jeff do for this? And even today, you know, don't do it quite as often, but leaning on folks in the industry for that business advice and not to re- recreate things or make things hard if you can find someone with experience in it and well and, and you're 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 young as well you know yeah. when, when you get into the seat you want to you you don't want to make a mistake yeah. and to be able to have that that uh that kind of rolodex where you can call somebody that you truly trust and has done an incredible job and and get advice it, it, for me it makes me sleep better at night. yeah and i'm sure your perspective to to mm-hmm. the uh more experienced track presidents is uh, great for them as well. Just to, <laughs> I think I'm the entertaining one of the group. <laughs> they always Grant Lynch, who's a, who's a great yeah, friend yeah. And, and a great promoter. Uh, he'll call me just to get a laugh every now and again. He says, "Tell me something funny." You I'm keep like, it real. Yeah, that's right. I try to keep it real. Let's talk about Catherine and the kids for a few minutes. Three kids. And you have twin boys that are four. Their names are so cool. Rigsby and Woodson. Where did those come from? So my, my wife's mother passed away in 2006 from ovarian cancer. My wife was an only child. And at that time, we didn't have children. And we both, she she was a, just a special woman, a, a very special woman. And her maiden name was Woodson. And her, obviously, married name was Rigsby. So that was Catherine's oh. last name. So we wanted to we wanted to celebrate and recognize her. And it's been fun. You know, the the boys are almost five. They'll be five next month. And, you know, they, they start, they're starting to ask questions about, <laughs> hey, where's where's mom's mom? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And we get to explain to them, hey, you know, she's in heaven, but you, you'll always have her with you because you, you have, have her names. names. Yeah. yeah. And, and so they... Uh, their trip you know you have small kids it's 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 amazing to watch their development and uh, in fact I, I'll bring them to the racetrack with me I took them on Saturday and they think it's the greatest thing yeah. ever you know I mean especially when nobody's there because they're so used to nobody being there that they'll just run around we were <laughs> we were doing a walkthrough through the grandstands on Saturday and um, they just had run of the place and and Amanda knows they're wide open they're <laughs> the wide open can be. I love uh, curly hair. and and I mean, they're my life. You know, yeah. that, that that's why you get them to go to work every day because yeah. you want to provide them the best life possible. And and for for us, for Catherine and I, to be able to raise, uh, you know, three children in a really unique setting. And I mean, it's it's funny they talk about the racetrack like like other people, you know, talk about going to the playground. Right. You know, and and uh, it's it, it's been really fun. And 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 our staff at Darlington, you know, they've embraced them and. They'll come just hang out and they'll go to somebody's office and wreck it, you know, pull out all the trucks <laughs> and all this, all their trinkets and, and they'll like, just leave them there. Yeah. Sounds like my kids here. Yeah. Wyatt, who's three and a half. So, so just on the heels of your two boys, same thing. Even yesterday, it's Sunday and he woke up, we woke up and he says, are you going to, to junior motorsports today? And we're like, no, Wyatt, it's the weekend. We get to spend all day with you. Well, why not? I want to go to junior motorsports, you know, and it's like, he just has a heyday here. Loves oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Daddy, daddy's racetrack. That's yep. what they call it. And, yep. and they want to, they want to go to daddy's racetrack. So. They mean school. My dad has a racetrack. <laughs> yeah. What's your dad have? Well, it's funny. <laughs> so we, Catherine had a, a, a girl that, uh, she goes to the gym with it said, Hey, uh, 
you think we can have a birthday party at your at the racetrack? <laughs> I don't think we can do that, honey. <laughs> well, you might want to give it. Hey, I know. birthday party experiences and packages. One more thing you can add to the oh, list geez. there. In talking about your your mother in law and you know kind of explaining that to the boys, we none of my children knew my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, Carson was five months old when he passed away. For her, though, you know that experience. She was five months old and growing up, and things were kind of still real and a lot going on. You know, she there's a lot she knows about him and, and things. But with Wyatt, it's a little different because, you know, we don't share and talk about it as much. It's been almost 15 years. But he is extremely confused at this point because Carson has a uh, – her card is painted like my dad's. And so we're at the race the other night, and he's like, there's a Papa Dale car out there. And I'm like, yeah, that's your sister. You know, and um, and then uh, over the weekend, my husband said, man, why it's really confused now. I don't know what they were watching, but it was something on television. And Mike Skinner in the three truck was on. And so he's really confused. And then we go to the race and he sees uh, Austin or Ty's holler. And he's like, there's Papa Dale's holler. I was like, no, son, that's, you know, Ty or Austin. So he's um, super confused as to he knows that's Papa Dale, but then all the stuff that's going on now, he's like, wait a minute. Wait, th th this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and the whole heaven concept is, well, why can't he be here? You know, I don't know. What's he doing there? And, you know, it's like, oh, we'll figure it out one day. We'll, we'll explain it to <laughs> we'll, you. Yeah. yeah, so Catherine's father, who, uh, I mean, was so dedicated to, to Jane Alice, um, and, and we never thought he'd get married again. I mean, He's an interesting cat. You know, early early in my life, I didn't appreciate him as much. He's very yeah. quirky and different, and, but he's an amazing man. And uh, we never thought he'd get married again. And he found this woman that he is, uh, that he's asked to marry him, which is great. You know, everybody deserves to have somebody to go through life with. Yeah. And it, it's funny. We'll talk about Jane Alice, but then th they only know, they think that his new wife is is, yeah. is is their grandmother and, yeah. and that's and how she, we yeah she is right <laughs> i mean uh she is but it's funny like they don't get it you know that they'll, yeah they'll look at me like who are you talking about and and <laughs> it, it you know what they'll figure it out yeah the things that come that the kids come up with and their oh. ages is and you have a two-year-old yeah um little girl jane alice and so she's named after her she's, as well yes, wow. yeah, yeah so i tell you i i am um I know everybody says this a lot about their wife, but I, my wife is, is my rock and, and, and so supportive. And the things you, we were talking before we came on the air about, you know, how you manage yeah. at, with a professional life and a personal life and figuring out how to meld the two. It's really hard. Yeah. And, and, and I admire you for that. And I, and I admire, uh, Kath Hey, I admire your wife. I <laughs> want to knock people upside the head. That say stay-at-home moms are does not a full-time well, job. It, it, it is. I mean, raising children is oh. a full-time job. I don't care if you work or not. It's no. it's uh, r raising children is uh, is hard. And and when you come home from a long day and y your real job starts, right? I mean, that, yep. when you can leave here and you go home, that's that's the job that you want to do. Um, and and so watching Catherine and and how nurturing she is as a mother it, I, I i honestly like i i worship that lady because yeah. because of <laughs> not only is she is she smoking hot but <laughs> but she but she but the 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 compassion she shows to to those children yeah. is, is awesome yeah it is a tough world to raise kids and everything that you can give them it takes everything i've got just to like you said do do this and then go home to your mom roll i was talking to someone out in our shop last week and I was asking about his kids, and um, he has young kids, too. They're not in school yet. And, you know, I said, how are the boys? And, oh, my wife just hands them to me when I get home because, <laughs> you know, she stays at home. And, that I, I mean, I could not stay at home all day. I would be crazy. 
Um, but it takes I a have, village. It does, and I have. But the OCD part of me w- is what would make it crazy. Not that I wouldn't want to be with my kids, but I would just drown myself in OCDness and anxiety. So oh, I'm just, it's, it's funny. I know. I know. They know when I'm coming home because they immediately go clean up the playroom. Yeah. And, and so they're like, "Hey, Dad, go check out the playroom. Check out the playroom." Because that's uh, the way you like it. Oh yeah. It's just I, I'm with you. I don't like a lot of clutter. Oh gosh, uh, you guys have been. You and Catherine have been married for. For 12 years. Most of your adult yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, we got married. So we got married um, at 23. Uh, that was when her mom was in remission. I, it was really important to me, her being an only child, that her that. mom wanted, uh, well, I wanted her mom to see her walk yeah. down the aisle. And um, listen, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad decision. I yeah. got to marry Catherine. <laughs> but, um, you know, we had a lot of growing up to do. Uh, I think our 20s was really fun. It was a little challenging at times, but uh, we, we grew up together. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, losing your mother at 24 years old is never easy. And you know that losing yeah. a parent early yeah. in your life, it it it's it's uh it, we we had to learn how to how to navigate that. And you got <clears> some <throat> good marriage advice. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a lot of advice. I don't know how much of it was good, but yeah, we did. You know, uh, um, and my sister and I are real close. She's 15 months older than me, and uh, she got married really young. And she said, "Chip, it's hard." And and you don't understand people. You know, you tell kids today, "Oh, marriage is work," and you don't get it till you really. Till you're in it. Until you're <laughs> Which in is it. Most things of life, That's you don't right. get till you're in it. <laughs> That's right. You just jump in and hope that it works out. And yeah. uh, luckily for me, it has. Yeah. Well, this has been just great. It's been fun getting to know you and talking. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. And best of luck uh, at Darlington. Thanks. And this has been weekend. one of the most fun things I've done. Thanks for having. Well, me. good. Yeah. Good. Get get a little fun in this busyness That's that you right. got going on right, right now. It's time now for our tip of the week brought to you by Wella Professionals. This week, we are talking about Lux Oil, Wella Professionals' keratin-based care system. The experts at Wella Professionals recommend using this system if you have seen your hair lose some of its luster and shine. There's several products in this system. Uh, the first is the Keratin Protect Shampoo. This provides a lightweight, luxurious cleansing while keratin and panthenol penetrate the hair and anchor water molecules with the hair proteins for strength and hair reconstruction. The reconstructive elixir will soften the hair without weighting it down. You can use this on wet and dry hair for optimal nourishing and smoothing effect. The Keratin Boost Leave-In Conditioning Spray infuses the hair to strengthen the keratin and leave the hair smooth and moisturized. Light Oil Keratin Protection Spray will leave the hair nourished and radiant with a non-greasy finish while protecting the keratin. And then there's the Keratin Restore Mask, which instantly reconstructs hair fiber to improve texture and leave the hair soft to the touch. You can purchase these products or any Wella Professionals products at the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase online at Ulta.com. Thank you guys for listening to this week's Fastlane Family. Hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll talk with you next week. Fastlane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care, multi-sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 